This is the Impact Church Podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. Remain standing, remain standing. Father, we thank you that we were created for no other purpose. Everything that you created, you created to celebrate you. But none of them can do what man can do. Because you created us in your image and your likeness. And you wanted someone who out of their own will would worship you. So you gave us a free will and you placed within us the ability to lift up our hands and open up our mouth and to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Uh, you place within us the ability to worship you. You created us for no other purpose than to worship. We will not let a rock cry out in our place. Uh, you've been too good to us. Uh, you've been too merciful to us. Uh, you are the promise keeper, the way maker, the lifter of our head and the rock of our salvation. So we came in here today to celebrate. You kept us from last Sunday to this Sunday. So we celebrate. You are the source of our strength and the strength of our life, so we celebrate. You're the lifter of our head and we've got the mind of Christ, so we celebrate. You redeemed us, you restored us, you delivered us, you made a way out of no way, so we celebrate. And if the truth be told, it was only your grace and your mercy. We're only here because of your grace your mercy, your loving kindness. And so we celebrate. You who began a good work in us, you're going to faithful to continue it in us. So we celebrate. You called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. You called us a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a peculiar people. So we celebrate. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Open up your mouth more than they did at the Georgia football game yesterday. More than they do. Come on, open up your mouth and celebrate. And while you're standing, before you take your seat, oh, we're going to read the scripture, but then you can take your seat. But before we do that, there is a power couple, a dynamic duo. You saw their pictures. They're over there. When they come back, they will, they will come back different. I, have, I don't know anybody who went to the Middle East, who went to Israel, who did not come back different. So just buckle up and tell them that next time they go, we're all going. Get your passports ready. Get your passports ready. Because I'm going, you're going. We're going to get baptized all over again. And so we thank God for Dr. Don and Pastor Mona Brawley, my dear, 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 dear friends. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't expect to be back here with you all so soon, and I was hoping when that time I came back, I wouldn't have this boot on, but praise you, the Lord God is good. And so I'm celebrating. Amen, amen, amen. So we thank God for them that God took them safely there. We'll bring them safely back, but there will be a transference and a transfer of, of God's anointing upon them in a greater level. And so we're looking forward to that. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. So I want to go ahead and... Uh, <clears throat> 
give you the scripture. I believe it's going to be on your screen. It's the Message Bible version. And I'm coming from Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 1 to 12. I told the Lord I wanted to slow it down a little bit. Some of you, I think most of you have heard me, so you kind of know I talk fast <clears throat> and I keep moving. I've been trying to slow down. I've been in South long enough to be a Georgia peach, but I still sound like somebody from New York. <clears throat> Just pray for me. God's kingdom is like 10 young virgins who took oil lamps and went out to greet the bridegroom. Five were silly and five were smart. The silly virgins took lamps but no extra oil. The smart virgins took jars of oil to feed their lamps. The bridegroom didn't show up when they expected him and they all fell asleep. In the middle of the night, King James Version says at midnight, in the middle of the night, someone yelled out, he's here, the bridegroom's here, go out and greet him. The 10 virgins got up and got their lamps ready. The silly virgins said to the smart ones, our lamps are going out, lend us some of your oil. And they answered, there may not be enough to go around, go buy your own. Walmart is right down the street gaither version they did but while they were out buying oil the bridegroom arrived when everyone who was there to greet him had gone into the wedding feast the door was locked much later the other virgins the silly ones showed up and knocked on the door saying master we're here let us in he answered do I know you I don't think I know you. And the whole key. So stay awake. Stay alert. You have no idea when he might arrive. I have entitled this word, help. I need more oil. I need more oil. I need more oil. You may take your seat as we work this thing out. You know, everybody's talking about the last days and these, you want me to change mics? Did I do something wrong? Okay, good. This mic is gonna make me sound like I'm bare, uh, like I got a deep voice, that's what I'm hoping anyway. <clears throat> you know, everybody's talking about the last days and everything that's going on in these last days and this is a parable. And for those of you who are not familiar with parables, a parable is an earthly story of a heavenly truth. In other words, it's a principle in heaven. It's a principle that, uh, uh, a truth that God has, but he puts it in the form of a story. Jesus told a lot of parables, and if you were to look at the gospels, you will find that he, when he taught, he taught in parables in order for them to connect. He would talk about sheep, he would talk about fishing, he would talk about different things in order for them to understand the truths of heaven. And this is a parable, but it is a parable, but nonetheless, it has symbolism, which means it's symbolic and something that we need to know and something that we need to be aware of. Now, parables have different interpretations, and because we are living in the last days, I believe that God is wanting us to get ready, and God put this upon my heart. I've not taught this one before. I've not taught this at all, so you're the first group that I've ever said to taught this to, and I believe that God had a reason for me coming here to even teach on this now. I am going to try, now most of you know I keep moving. I keep moving. I don't know what I'm doing. 
not um, the chancellor right here, and it has been your teaching which it is important that here in the last days, and I want you to hear me, you have a dream of God. This is not a dream of dreams, but this is because what God is doing in these last days, if we are not aware of it, if we are not connected, if we are not alert, then we may miss it. Because see, you can come to church and bust hell wide open. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, some of you got scared. <laughs> did you think that just coming to church, did you think that they took attendance this morning and have it? <sighs> amen, amen, amen. So I want to, as, as, uh, as we um, go through the story, this parable, I'm going to break it down because I need you to understand what each part means. So in biblical times, a wedding was uh, extravagant and it lasted for days. And there was two parts to the wedding in, in, in biblical times. Uh, first, there was the bridegroom and his friends would go to the house of the bride and uh, to the parents' house and he would pick up his bride from her parents. Then they would go back to the groom's house and they would have a feast, okay? Now, again, those feasts can last forever. They can party, party, party. You think you could party in the day? You know, this light has, I can't even see your faces. You thought you could party in the day? They partied for days at weddings. And so now they're, uh, this parable is where they are now uh, getting ready to go to the groom's house. But he is delayed. Now, we started out with it, the, the Bible saying God's kingdom is like 10 young versions. So th that refers to two groups of believers. Hear me, two groups. Now, you have to figure out who you are. So, so those who were committed and serious and those who were uncommitted and casual in their relationship with God or with the king. So two, two, two different groups, one serious and one not serious. And the versions in this particular parable, the 10, the five silly and the five who were, were wise, are not the brides. They are, uh, they are friends of the brides. And so their job and their only job is to have a lamp with light. And their only job is to wait for the groom and to be joyous as they wait. And the responsibility is to make sure that when the groom came, that they were awake, that they were uh, uh, excited, and that they are prepared for him. That was their only responsibility. That was their only assignment. That when he came and when he showed up, they were supposed to be on it. They were supposed to be. It's almost as if when we said, let's go celebrate, the only thing God is waiting for is for us to be worshipers. Uh, uh, sometimes Sunday morning can be like a, 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 a daycare uh, for babies. You know what you do with babies? You make them happy, make them shout, make them jump. And on Sunday morning, Randall's going, stand to your feet, open your mouth, jump, shout unto God. He shouldn't have to say that, should he? You should come in here, come on. You should run down the aisles with a celebration. You should be saying, let's go celebrate. Uh, we've got a reason, why? Because there's a world out there. I said I wasn't gonna preach, I was gonna teach. There is a world out there that if they died today, they would bust hell wide open and you can celebrate the fact that you are saved. Celebrate the fact that not because you're so good, not because you haven't done it, not because that you did everything right, but because you accepted him as your savior and Lord and because God so loved the world that he gave his only son and they have yet to get the memo, they have yet to get the message, but after today they will get the message because of the light that is in you. Somebody say amen. And so, the lamp represented the fact that they had publicly made a profession of their faith and their belief. That's what it was. Now, the, the thing is, only five of them were strong in their faith. 
Only five of them, and the other five, because they, they have the oil. The oil represents, and oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit and the light that is supposed to be shining in everyone who is born again. So the, the thing that, that challenges me is that there is a light that's supposed to shine in you and the light is supposed to shine that's supposed to draw people. It seems like everybody came out of the closet except Christians. The Bible says, let your light so shine. Don't keep it under a bushel. Don't try to hide it. Don't be shameful. But there should be a light in you. And everybody should be able to see the light in you and know that there's something different about you. Somebody say, amen. So the light refers to the testimony, your personal testimony. Do you not know that nobody has the same testimony you have? Nobody knows what God did for you. Nobody knows where God found you. And the problem is you don't tell them. Now, that's not on my paper for somebody needs to hear this. Because when people do not know where God brought us from, come on now. When people do not know what God did to deliver us, it can give the impression that you came out walking on water. And how many of you know you got a past? Oh, you know what? I saw more hands over here. Don't get amnesia about where you've come from, what God delivered you from, where God found you, what God had to bring you through, what God had to bring you out of, what God had to bring you. Come on, come on, come on. You've got a testimony. And if you don't know anything else from Genesis or Revelation, you know what God did for Something's going on over here. Thank you very much over here. Praise you, the Lord. I got somebody with me. So, so the lamp and the oil represented the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to say something because I recognize we're all at different levels, and many of us are not as familiar with the presence, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We know about the Trinity. Now, when Jesus said to the disciples, I go back to the Father. I'm at the right hand. I'm no longer going to be with you, but I'm going to leave you my presence. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit who will be with you, who will be in you, who will lead you, who will guide you, who will direct you, who will show you things to come. Oh, my family on social media, I need you to get with me. Don't sit back. I need you to get with me. And so the Holy Spirit is the presence of God that dwells on the inside of each one of us. Once we are saved, once we have made our, our confession of faith, once we understand who Jesus is and we have asked him to come into our heart, the very presence of God comes to dwell on the inside of us, which is why we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because you're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it in your own ability. You're not doing it in your own ingenuity. It is not a degree. It is not networking. It is not anything that you do. It is the presence and the power of God that enables you to be what he called you to be, to do what he called you to do, to be anointed in the area that God is calling you to. It is the Holy Spirit. And the oil represents and is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So when we say we need more oil, really it is not that we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need to yield. We need to surrender. We need to make sure that we are building ourselves up. Because even as we have him, if we are not yielded to him, then he does not come in and take over. Somebody say amen. Now, if I am going too fast, let me know. So it was the five wise ones who had the oil and who had more oil. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men 
See, 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 there are people like your job and people. Now, some of you, and, and, and I'm going to say this because it, it's very true. Many of us are working from home. Many of us are not in an office building anymore, and so we're not coming in contact with some of the people we used to. And if the truth be told, even when we were, they didn't know we were saved. So, so your light wasn't shining then, but even more so now because you're at home. It, 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 you've got to use every opportunity you have, uh, whether you're on social media, whether when you go anywhere, to understand God doesn't come down, he comes through. And the only reason, are you listening to me? The only reason why we are still alive is because cause it's not about salvation now. You're not going to bust hell wide open. You have fire insurance. There's some of you that went right over top of your head. You have salvation. So now it is about being the instrument of God. It's about being the conduit of God, the vessel of God. It's about God using you and your light drawing other people. It's about you being able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, the five wise uh, virgins were able because they had their light. And the five foolish ones had not. Now the problem is this. In John uh, 5.35, this is what it, the, the word of God declares, that John the Baptist was a burning and shining lamp. When we think about John the Baptist, he was the forerunner of Jesus. Everybody knows who John the Baptist is, a forerunner of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says, my son Murphy, the Bible says that there was none greater than John the Baptist. None greater than John the Baptist? How can that be? There were David, there was Moses, come on, there was Elijah, there was all of the major prophets and the minor prophets. There were so many, but he was the forerunner for Jesus. And, and the Bible says because of his light, he didn't have a guy going on choir. He didn't have uh, uh, Murphy on the keyboard. He, he didn't have Randall on the mic. He, come on, come on, come on. He didn't have uh, Dr. Uh, Don or Pastor Mona. Uh, he, the Bible said that John the Baptist stood flat-footed and people came to him. He was like a magnet and people were drawn to him because of the light. And what you need to be praying every day is make me a light. Make me a magnet so that people will be drawn to you. Because it's not about us. The reason we are alive is to draw them to Christ. That's why we're alive. There, there, there is nothing that you get for coming to church. You need to come. You need to be connected online. That's to empower us. But God left us here because there is a world. When I looked at one of the games yesterday, I looked at the Ohio game. Did you notice that Ohio was blown out of the water yesterday? I know for some of you, you're not football people. That went right over top of your head. But they were. They were drawn. I mean, they were just busted yesterday. But I thought about it. And every time I'm looking at the stadium, 65,000, 75,000 people uh, packed into a stadium. It's interesting what we will do. It's interesting what will draw us. Come on now. It is interesting what will draw us. Come on. Last week, Mercedes-Benz Stadium packed with Georgia Bulldogs. It is interesting what will draw us. It is interesting that we'll start tailgating at 9 o'clock in the morning. Ask you to come here at 9 o'clock in the morning for a 6 o'clock game and see what you do. It is interesting what will draw us. And I started praying, God, if you came back right now, how many of those people in that stadium would bust hell wide open? How many of them are saved? Hmm. The five um, wise virgins were prepared to serve and the five foolish ones were not. And so it is interesting that they were not committed. The Bible says that... Uh, 
uh, the foolish virgins only had enough oil to last them if it showed up immediately. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? So this is where it gets interesting because oil was used biblically um, as a form of offering because when the oil was poured out, it represented the Holy Spirit in the temple. But in the tabernacle, it represented the fact that God's presence was there continually. The, light, the lamp never went out because God's presence was there continually. Our position, our assignment is to be light in darkness. Our assignment is that when people see us, because we walk upright, because we're not straddling the fence, because we're not compromising, somebody say amen. They're supposed to know the difference between us and the world. We're not supposed to look like the world, act like the world. We're not supposed to try to be the world. Got too many people trying to be what they are. They're supposed to try to be what we are. We got it twisted. We've got the only answer, but we're so busy trying to act like the world that we can't be the light to the world. In other words, we are as much in darkness. Now, this little light of mine, by now, you should not be a little light. Somebody say amen. If you think about it, there are different uh, uh, wattages of light. Some of us are still a night light, and we've been saved 20, 30 years. We don't even have enough light. Night lights are to help you go to the bathroom and stay asleep. So they, come on, come on, come on. And, and, and yet, by now, come on, every wattage, you, 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 your light should be shining so bright now that there should be people wanting to be just like you. Somebody say amen. So the Bible said that the bridegroom came at midnight. The bridegroom is Jesus. He, he is, the bridegroom is Jesus. And he came at night. I started looking up the word midnight in the Bible. It was at midnight. Uh, and, and midnight represents the last opportunity that a person has. When I looked up the word midnight, it was at midnight that the deaf angel came when the children of, uh, of Israel, when, when, when God was uh, leading Moses to lead them out from bondage, out of Egypt, towards the promised land. It was at midnight that the deaf angel came and killed the firstborn of all the Egyptians. It was at midnight that Paul and Silas were in prison and they had been beaten and they were in stocks and they were uh, in bondage and, 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 uh, and, and they began to praise and worship, but they didn't do it silently. They began to praise and worship God, not because everything was right. See, anybody can praise God when everything is right, but I need somebody to lift up their hands uh, and open up their mouth with tears in your eyes when you don't understand and you don't know what God's doing and it's not fair and it's not right and you've already gone through and you don't know when God is going to meet you. You don't know when the breakthrough's coming. All you know is that God is a good God and God is a faithful God and God is a merciful God and God is a way maker and God is a promise keeper and God is the lifter of your head and God is the rock of your salvation. It was at midnight that they began to praise God. They were still in bondage, but something happened when they opened up their mouths. Uh, something happened when they lifted up their hands. Uh, something happened when they began to worship God for who he was, not for what he does. Not for what he does. Uh, 
but for who he is. It was at midnight. It was at midnight when Paul was on a ship on his way to stand before Caesar and the storm was raging and it looked like they were going to die. And yet at midnight, he began to praise God and break bread and all of the sailors began to get uh, 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 empowered because he understood, I'm not going by how I feel and I'm not going by what it looks like and I'm not going by what the enemy says. God has promised me that regardless to the storm of my life, uh, I'm going to make it to the other side. Is there anybody in here who knows that God can get you to the other side uh, in spite of what you're going through, uh, in spite of how you feel, uh, in spite of what the enemy's doing, God can get you to the other side. But there will always be a midnight. Too many of us don't know how to handle the midnights of our life, the crisis of our life, the storms of our life. I need you to know if you're in a season right now, a storm right now, a wilderness right now, a crisis right now, it's a comma, not a period. It means that it's going to change. Nothing stays the same. God is a deliverer. God is a healer. God is a way maker. God is the rock of your salvation. I said I wasn't going to preach. So the Bible says that the door closed. The door represents the final opportunity. There are some people in this place right now, you are praying for some people. People in your family, praying for some people you love, praying for some people to get it together. This is the opportunity, and God is giving them the opportunity, but you've got to be the light. Now, let me say this. I'm going to put a comma here. Never stop interceding. Never stop praying. Never give up. As long as there's life, because the enemy wants to wear you down. And the enemy knows you're the one standing between him, between them and, and that person. And so you've got to continue to pray. I don't care. Look beyond what they look like, what they do, how long they've been doing it, the fact that they're not listening, the fact that it looks like they're taking one step forward and two and three steps backwards. I need you to understand your position as a soldier, your position as a warrior, your position as an intercessor is to stand in the gap. When there's an anointing on your life and oil on you, you've got to be able to understand you are the one that is holding back the darkness. You you're the one that's believing God for the word of God to touch their hearts and touch their minds and bring them out of darkness into the marvelous light. You're the one. So the enemy is going to come after you. Be prepared for that. But the Bible never said anything except we were always going to be warrior. We were going to be in warfare. What part of that don't we understand? And so when things happen, why do we go to pieces when we know in whom we believe and that he is able to keep me? He's able to protect me. He's able to deliver me. He's able to open doors for me. That's what warfare is. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says to seek the Lord while he may be found, to call upon him while he is near. I tell you, you all are good back there. So the five foolish virgins tried to get into wedding feast at midnight and they were knocking, let me in, let me in. But they had an invitation. It wasn't that they didn't have an invitation. It wasn't that they didn't know that he was coming. It wasn't that they intended on being there, but they just weren't ready. 
And sometimes what happens is we are straddling the fence. There could be people in here, you have a form of godliness. People in here, you have not even accepted him. You've been coming to church, but you've not been in Christ. One of the things that COVID showed us was how much faith we had. Last time I was here, I talked about faith. And many of us, this is the time where God is building your faith. Because when I came last time, there was no monkeypox. And none of us know what is coming down the line. This is not the time to coast. This is not the time to, to coast and, and just, and, 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 and just kind of live off of what you knew. You're not living off of what you ate last week, last month. You've got to be in the word, under the word. And that's why I'm so thankful that you're here and even by way of, of online that you are connected and that you stay pressed in. I want to challenge you because none of us know. There have been some who said that there's going to be a recession. There's some that said it's going to be this and there's some that said it's going to be that. I need you to know none of us know. But the one thing we know as believers, we know who is on the throne. Somebody say amen. We know who holds the future. Somebody say amen. We know that we dwell in the secret place of the most high under the shadows of the almighty. Somebody say, amen. 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 So, the foolish versions got the same invitation that the wise ones did. So, let me say this the church has known for over 2,000 years that he's coming back. We've known. Now, I don't care what the world thinks, or they may think that that's silly. They may think any number of things. I need you to understand. The Bible says he's coming back after his bride. He's the bridegroom. He's not coming back after a hoochie mama. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Bible says he's coming back after a bride without spot or wrinkle. He's not coming back after somebody who choose straddle the fence, been out there doing everything they want, and they want to show up, roll in. So it would behoove us, especially the more we hear about these are the last days, yet we don't know how long these days are. But have you noticed, read your Bible, read the New Testament, rumors and signs of war and rumors of war, hurricanes, this and that and everything. Things will happen so fast that you can hardly get your breath before something else happened. Have you noticed that we are not reading, we are living out? Have you noticed or did you not notice or have you not been reading? We are not reading what's going to happen. We are reading what is happening. So we can be the foolish or we can be the wise because he is coming back. And don't sit up here and wait. Now, we can look at this two ways. We can be alive when he comes back or, again, that opportunity in window that is available to everyone to come to know him. The bridegroom is coming. He is coming for us while we're alive. So either we are going to see him uh, when he comes and be alive or the fact is death comes to all of us and we need to be prepared. When Jesus returns, there's going to be two classes of people, two classes. Now, don't look at your neighbor. Just decide who you're going to be. Those who are ready and those who are not. Those who are ready and those who are not. Those who are wise and alert and those who are sleepwalking. Those are the two classes of people. And what we want to do is make sure that we just don't think coming to church is it. 
So the Bible says that they were supposed to watch. Somebody say watch. So listen to this because I'm going to run through these awful quickly. I'm going to run through them because I looked up the word watch. Matthew 24 and 42 says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Matthew 25 verse 13 says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Matthew 26 verse 38 says, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Watch with me. Matthew 26 and 40. Then he said to the disciples, uh, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark 13 and 30. Somebody say watch. watch. Mark 13 and 33. <clears throat> Take heed. Watch and pray. For you do not know when the time is. Mark 13, 35. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all of you, watch. Luke 21, 36. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So why did the bridegroom take so long? Why did he take so long? Why didn't he come in a hurry? Why didn't he come when they thought he should? Why is it that he's taking so long? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why he didn't come then. And I'm going to tell you why he hasn't come yet. Yet we don't know. It could be today. And that's why we can't get comfortable. And that's why we cannot have a form of godliness. And that's why we can't get so caught up in things. This is not on paper, but I'm going to say it. Did you not know that you didn't come to stay? Did you not know that the Bible says we're all passing through? Did, did you not know that this is not your eternal home. So all the things that we get caught up in, uh, all the things that mean so much to us, uh, all the things that we want to put all the value in and we work ourselves to death for and, and we think are going to make us happy. In the end, I've done enough funerals. I've officiated and I've, and, and I've preached them and I've done them at grave sites and, and I have never seen anybody able to take everything that they work so hard for. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is all about salvation. It is all about relationship. It is all about your Savior and your Lord. So why did the bridegroom take so long? He took so long that the, both the wise and the foolish fell asleep. He took so long because they were waiting, but he didn't come when they thought he would. He took so long. I'm going to give you two reasons why he took so long. Matthew 9, 37 says this. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray 
the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but there's not enough people operating in the light. There are people out there that need to know Jesus, but we don't have enough people on social media talking about him. Jesus did not come to save only a few people. He came not wishing that any should perish. That's why he's taking so long. Because we got people around us and people in our family and co-workers and people we don't even know who right now had he come back they would not be going home to be with the Lord come on now so he is delaying his coming because he's looking for some more laborers out of impact he's looking for somebody with the light of God in impact he's looking for somebody in impact to be able to say this is the way to follow me as I follow Christ he's waiting for our light to shine so that they can come out of darkness he's waiting for us to be able to pray and stand in the gap for a world that's so in darkness that right now they only all they know is what they see on social media, what they see on television. What, come on, come on, come on. We've got a, a, a world out there that does not want to know Jesus, uh, but neither did we at one point in time. Somebody say amen. That's the first reason he's delayed, because there's a harvest out there. And if all we do is show up here on Sunday, but we're not being used by God on Monday. We're sleepwalking. We're comfortable. We're complacent. There's got to be oil. The anointing is on you. And when you have the anointing, come on now. I'm anointed to make money. Fine. God has no problem with you making money. I'm anointed to do this. Okay, do it. But remember that we are here to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We are here to bring his kingdom down. We have no other purpose than to bring his kingdom on earth. God is not yelling from heaven, get saved. He's coming through people. With a message of the gospel. He's not coming through the fivefold ministry, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the apostle. No, they are to equip you with the light of the word of God, and you become the instrument in the vessel. When you went away this summer, when you went on a cruise, when you went here, when you went there, oh, come on, you took the anointing of God with you. Who knew that you were saved? Who did you see coming and going? Who did you, come on now, when you got on the airplane, did you even wonder if the people on the plane were saved? If the pilot was saved, I would want to know he was saved. I would want to know not only did he know how to uh, fly a plane, but I would want to know that he had the, uh, the intimacy with the Lord, uh, that he could hear the voice of God, uh, that he had to come on, come on, come on. So that's the first reason why. The second, and I'm almost finished. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says this, and I need you to hear me. I hope you're learning something. I hope this is, is, is getting through to you because he is coming back. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance, not willing that any should perish, God is so long-suffering that even when a person 
You know, let, let, let's be honest. We look at the news and we, we cry out and go, God, that was a person who loved you. And yet we see some knuckle brains. Every day of their lives, all they do is get high. Every day of their life, all they think of is how to get over. Every day of their life. And yet God says, I love them too. And I, I, I want to see them saved. I, I, I want to see them come into the knowledge. I want to see them. And God says, I'm being long-suffering the same way I was long-suffering with you. The same way that I put up with you. The same way that you tripped and you fell and you did and you did and you didn't love me. And you turned your back and you were rebellious and you were disobedient. I, I, I love them the same way I love you. You didn't always lift up your hands. You didn't always speak in tongues. You didn't always shout unto God. God says, I am long-suffering with them the same way I am long-suffering with you. I don't want to see anybody bust hell wide open. I just need somebody who's in the light, somebody who has the anointing, somebody who loves people the way I love them. And so we've got to be able to say, God, teach me how to love the way you love. Teach me. How not to judge and how to be a light and salt to people who don't know you. When the bridegroom did not show up when they thought he should, they got careless and they forgot their assignment. And sometimes what has also happens is that we start straddling. We forget that God brought us out, not for us to go back in. Uh, sometimes people get comfortable and go back into the world. Sometimes pain, pain will always cause us to think back and sometimes it'll cause us to go back. We can be lazy, we can be inactive, we can be comfortable where we are, but we're not being used by God. So the five wise virgins had extra oil. In other words, they were able to rebuild themselves up. The Bible says to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray with your prayer language because it rebuilds you, it, 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 it strengthens you. Ah, they, one of the things that we have to do is make sure that we've got a prayer life. Uh, that, that we know how to get a prayer past the ceiling. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, that, that, we, that we know that he's our heavenly father and we shall not want. Uh, come on, we, we, we've got to have a relationship with the Lord, a relationship that is ongoing, that is stronger today than it was last year, that we are stronger and we are more uh, 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 in tune with God now than we were. So, I need you to understand that it is not easy because even the disciples at the time when Jesus needed him the most, they fell asleep. And what God wants you to not do is be sleepwalking. Where again, you're so comfortable, so comfortable in your relationship that you don't even crack a Bible until you come here. Somebody needs to say, ouch. That, 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 that you don't take time every day. Do, it, it, come on, come on. It, this is not the day you can, you know, there was a commercial about American Express and that used to say, don't leave home without it. Now, I can leave home without American Express, Visa, MasterCard, and every other card, but I cannot leave home without Jesus. I cannot, come on, come on, come on. When, when you recognize I need him every day, every moment, every hour, every second of the day, uh, that my relationship with him should be much greater, much sweeter than it was last year, uh, that falling in love with Jesus is not a song. Uh, come on now, that falling in love with Jesus is a great, no, it's not a song. It's the reality of my life because if I'm not falling in love with him, come on, that I'm falling out of love with him and falling in love with the devil. And the enemy doesn't want you to know. He can lure you to sleep like he did Samson. He can have you laying your head in the wrong lap. And before you know it, there's no anointing on your life. As I bring this to a close, 
Matthew 24, verses 38 to 44. I want you to listen to what the Word of God says. Matthew 24, verses 38 to 44. Because this was a warning from Jesus. I hope you're learning something. I hope this is causing you to understand how important it is that we not get comfortable with where we are with the Lord. Because the Bible says, go from glory to glory to glory. You are supposed to be stronger today in your love for God and your relationship with God and your commitment with God and your dedication, not sleepwalking, not falling asleep, not half-hearted. This is what it says. For in the days before the flood, speaking of Noah, people were eating, people were drinking, people were marrying, and giving in to marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. They were going about their business. I'm going to unpack that. And they never knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how. This is how. This is Matthew now. This is not Old Testament. This is Matthew. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So, you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you are not expecting him. The Bible says two can be in the bed and one can be taken. Two can be in the field and one can be taken. In other words, two can be working. Somebody in the cubicle next to you. One is taken and one's there. Now, in Noah's day, many of us, because we have not been um, to some of the classes that have been offered here, didn't understand. It had never rained. Did you know that? How many of you knew, know that it had never rained? Raise your hand if you know that it had never rained. So the rest of you thought it had been raining all the time. It's okay. That's why you need to take the classes. It had never rained. Thank you. It had never rained. Dew from the ground watered the vegetation. It had never rained. So when God told him to build an ark, a boat, they, he was like, they were like, what is rain? Because it had never rained. Out of obedience, God found a man who would obey him. Now, what most of us don't know is that he preached 120 years. It's going to rain. Not a day, not a week, not a year, but 120 years he preached the same message, trying to let them know there's going to come a day. I need you to get it together. You don't need to be partying. You don't need hookah. You don't need vapor. You don't need marijuana. You don't need alcohol. You don't need to run from bedroom to bedroom from this and that. It's going to rain. 120 years he preached the same word. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Not for T.D. Jakes. But get ready, get ready, get ready because it's going to rain. And the Bible says, you go back and read the story of Noah, that when it began to rain, they had never seen rain. But God warned them, gave them 120 years to get it together, but they were partying, going to games. Nothing wrong with any of that. But He loved them enough to say, change your life. 
ways. And when it began to rain, and Noah, God said, close the door. Remember I told you the door is your window of opportunity. When Noah closed the door, everybody on the outside was banging. And 30 days turned into 45 days. There was not a boat. There was nothing large enough, big enough to save them. You cannot swim your way. And the Bible said every person, every animal, everything died. Got your attention, didn't I? I better say one more thing, two more things. So there's three positions that you never want to be in, and they are found in this particular scripture. They're right there on the screen. You never want your lamp to go out. That was in verse number eight. In other words, you never want the presence of the Holy Spirit to leave you. Man can leave you. Woman can leave you. You could lose your job. You, can't, you, you, you never want to lose the presence of God. You never want to be alone. Number two, you, don't, you never want to hear the door shut. You never want to hear it's too late. You never want to hear it's too late. There are some people, and many people used to say, I'm gonna, you know, right before I die, I'm going to slide in. Oh, don't even go there. You know you thought that too. I'm going to go have all the fun I want. How many of you thought about having all the fun you want? And then come, get delivered. How many of you thought about, I'm going to have all the fun I want, do everything I want, and then I'm going to get saved? Wave your hand at me. Thank you. I don't know about you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Do everything I want, then I'm going to get saved. Then I'm going to get saved. I'm going to do everything I want. I'm going to have all the fun I want. Then I'm going to get saved. I might be 70 or 80, but then I'm going to get saved. You never want to hear number two, that the door is shut, which means your window of opportunity is over. And the third thing you never want to hear is, I don't know you. But I prophesied in your name, I don't know you. But I showed up at impact, I don't know you. But I gave some money, I don't. Did you think you could buy your salvation? Did anybody tell you you could buy your salvation? So this final scripture that I'm going to leave you with Remember what Jesus said to the disciples in the seventh chapter of Matthew's. Chapter number seven, verses 22 to 23. This is what Jesus said, and this is my final scripture. On that day, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. I did not come to bring you down. I came to bring you reality. To let you know that we are living in the last days. To let you know that God loves us so much that each and every day he's giving us an opportunity we fall down and we get up. We fall down and we get up. But the Bible says, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his presence. I need you to know today God loves us. We can be the wise virgins and we can keep our lamp lit and we can be light and salt 
and we can be instruments of reconciliation and we can be conduits of his glory and we can say, follow me as we can follow, I follow Christ or we could be the five foolish virgins who weren't able to stand, weren't able to endure, weren't able to hang in there because we don't know how long it's gonna be and we don't know what's gonna happen. There were many people who did not make it through COVID and they didn't have a chance to get it together. They didn't have anybody when they died in a hospital by themselves. They didn't even have anybody to come and give them the last rites and, and give them an opportunity to get it together. They died without Jesus. Think about it. We don't know what's going to come down. But every time you have a chance, every day you get up in the morning, one of the things I get up and I say, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Kim, I didn't know who you were with that mask on. I love you. <laughs> I looked up and I said, that's Kim. Praise God. One of the things that I say every day to the Lord, because I want to keep me right. You look cute. Come over here. Come over here. Oh, cute. One of the things that I say is I've been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2 and 20. Galatians 2 and 20. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm a dead woman walking. I say that every day so that I remember I don't belong to myself. I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. Why? Because I always want to remember I'm not here for me. And what I want to say to you, Impact, God loves you. He has a plan for you. He wants to use you. He wants you to be an example in the good times, in the trying times. Some people need to know how to hold on in the trying times. So even when you go through a storm, they're watching you. And if you can make it, they can make it because they can see that you're grounded and you're rooted. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Psalm 1, bringing forth fruit in your season. Your leaves are not withering. And whatsoever you do will prosper. That is why sometimes God allows us to go through because he knows we can endure and somebody needs to know that you can make it. Yes. Lift up your hands. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We recommit ourselves this day to be kingdom seekers. Seeking your face and not your head. Dying to ourselves, knowing that we cannot make it apart from you. Without you, we are nothing. Thanking you for the oil of the anointing. Thanking you for the anointing of our life. Thanking you for the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Hungry and thirsting for righteousness. Thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness. In these last days, God, we don't want to be the foolish, having a form of godliness, comfortable with straddling the fence. God, we want our yea to be yea, our nay to be nay, and we want to live a life pleasing, and we want to hear one good and faithful servant. So we're asking in the name of Jesus. 
Whenever you come back for us individually or collectively, whenever our time is up, whenever our dash is up, whenever it's time, we want to go home to be with you. We want to be in the new Jerusalem. We want to be in that place, God, where we can see you face to face. But while we're on earth, Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus for the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit that you would strengthen us, open up the eyes of our, of our understanding, enlighten us. And Lord God, let your word take root and ground us in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness. Most of all, God, we thank you for Jesus, for the redeemer, for the way maker, for the deliverer, for the lifter of our soul and the rock of our salvation.